you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. What a great day. Hey, dads. I'll tell you what. I read a statistic that said that Sunday, the Father's Day Sunday morning is the lowest attended Sunday in the year. Lower than Labor Day and Memorial Day. But here's what I want to say. I'm going to give it up for you dads for being here today. Come on. Put your hands together for them. We break that statistic, right? Because we're hungry after God, man. Another statistic I read in 2019, this statistic came out and it said that if a dad attends church, that 93%, 93% of his children will attend church when they become adults. You are important in their lives. You moms who have stepped up to the plate, you are important in their lives. Man, put it in their lives. Put it in there. Their church is important. But happy Father's Day to everybody, and welcome to Compassion. Amen. Come on, give it up for Jesus. Put your hands together for him. How about that? Just a couple things. I don't have a typical Father's Day sermon for you, so if you came for that, wrong church, but, but you can listen to this one, and then we'll get you one later. So, um, But real quick, just I can't help it. It's just part of who I am. So I'm going to tell you a couple things. When, when does a joke become a dad joke? When it becomes a parent. There you go. That's right. Did you hear about the red and blue ship that collided? All the sailors were marooned. How did Benjamin Franklin feel when he discovered electricity? He was shocked. Last one, and I identify with this. I'll stop. I know you didn't come in. This ain't stand-up hour. You came to get a word of God, but I just got to put it out there. Here's the last one for you, because I identify with this one. So it just, my extra winter weight is finally gone. Now I have spring rose. Yes. Amen for that. Uh, Lugs and spring rolls, right? So we're going to continue our sermon series today uh, from storytellers. And, but today we're going to talk about stories from a garden. That's what we're going to talk about today, stories from a garden. So when I, when I was a young kid, I was raised in the Boot Hill, Missouri. You know, that sounds fabulous, right? This is as luxury as it sounds, the Boot Hill of Missouri. That's exactly, if you think about what gets on your boot, that's what it was right there. The Boot Hill, Missouri. It is flat. It is dry. You could see for miles. If they said a tornado was coming, you go outside and watch for it because it would be like 30 minutes. You could just watch it come across the fields. But as a kid, I worked in the farm on the farm uh, every summer, uh, real young. We would pitch hay. We would chop cotton. We would uh, pitch watermelons. We would pitch wa- uh, cantaloupes. Some of you are like, what does that mean? When you go to the Walmart and you do this? No, it, you get them from somewhere else, right? So we would go out there and we would do all of that. And, um, but before the harvesting could begin, before they could get going, the, the farmer would go out there and plow up the ground and then you got to remember, this is some time ago, us young guys, uh, when I say 10, 11, we would go out there and we would throw seed. It's our job. We would go out there and throw seed. They would till it, we'd throw seed. Then they would come back and cover the ground. And after they covered the ground, that's when the, the portion of the prep work, that began happening. They would cover it, we would begin to uh, water the ground. They would begin having us go out there and weeding it. 
so that the plants wouldn't get choked out. That's, that was our job until, until harvest began, until the, until the plants started coming. And then it was harvest time, and then we would go out into the field, and grass would still be high because we couldn't keep all the weeds out, but, but we knew that it was strong plants. It had deep-rooted, and we would go out there, and watermelons especially, because I love watermelon, we'd, we'd tap on it, and if it was good, we would cut the vine and flip it over because on the bottom side of it, it would, it would be white, and so the people coming then to pick it up would know that this is ready to be harvested. That's how you would process back in the day when I was here in the farms when I was a kid. So I want to look at Luke chapter 8 today. We're going to begin with verse 5, and it says, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on the rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other, other seed fell among thorns, which grew up, and it got and, and choked the plants. Still, other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has an ear to hear, let him hear. Then let's jump down to Luke 8, 11, verse 11 here, same chapter. It says, this is the meaning of the parables because the disciples were asking him questions. And he said, the seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the one, ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and persevering, produce a crop. Father, we thank you for your word today. Your word says your word is a lamp to guide our feet and a light to our path. And so as we jump into your word today, that's my prayer today, that we hear your word, we implement it inside of our heart, that, and it gives us an assignment to reach everyone, to be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. See, he didn't just physically mean hear this. When he said those who have an ear hear, he didn't mean just physically hear this. What he means is listen carefully and assimilate fully, implement effectively, and daily do his word. It's just not I'm hearing it. I've got to implement it into my life. I've got to carefully listen to it. I've got to evaluate it. I've got to assimilate it to be a part of my life. I've got to implement it effectively that it becomes to produce a fruit outside of me. I've got to make it a habit in my life. And I've got to do it on the daily, just not when I feel like it. See, in this parable, you see that Jesus is a sower, the, the seed is God's word, and the soil is us. That's what we're going to talk about today. Today, we're going to talk about four kinds of soils in people's hearts. Four kinds of soil in people's heart. My question to you today is, what type of soil is in your heart? What type of soil is in your heart? Number one is this, rejected soil. It clearly tells us in Luke 8, five, verses 5, and then he breaks it down in verses 11 through 12. It tells us a farmer went to a path, and he scattered the seed, and some fell along, 
and they got trampled on and the birds came and ate it up. And then the disciple said, what does that mean? And he came back and said what it means. He said, the seed is the word of God. And so sometimes you hear the word of God, but it doesn't take root. You reject what it's being said. It gets, here's what we got to understand. There's paths, and we are along a path all the time. We are walking down a path, and we get to choose what path we walk down. Matthew tells us that there's a gate. There's a wide gate, and there's a narrow gate, and there's only one way to Jesus. It's going to be a good day today, fathers. I feel it today. He said he takes away the word from their heart. The devil comes, and he takes away the word from their heart. So they may not believe and be saved. The devil is after you. If you don't think he is, you crazy. He is after you. He wants you. His whole, his whole identity here on earth is to steal your soul. The path for each of us is, and it, the word of God is scattered among us. It's here. But people have hard hearts is what happens. Our heart becomes hearted. We reject the word of God. That's what a rejected soil does. That's what is a rejected heart does. We reject the words that we hear, the word of God, that could give us life, but we reject it instead. Signs of a hardened heart. People's hearts get hardened, and it could be unconfessed sins. It could be some things you're hanging on to, and you're not confessing them. You've got to confess those things, and he will bring life to you. Another sign of a hardened heart is that of unforgiveness. Man, if you got in unforgiveness in your life, I will promise you this. It will suck the very life out of your bones. The word tells us that. It will take every bit of joy out of you. If you've got unforgiveness in your life, you, will not have, you can't have joy in your life. And we know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So the very strength that you could be getting, which brings happiness to you because you have unforgiveness, is being zapped out of you. Our hard heart is another reason we have a rejected soil is bitterness. Some people may have bitterness in their life. We could give all the reasons why you, you should have it. People mistreated you, you were abused, you didn't get it right, whatever it is. We have no, as Christians and followers of Christ, we can't have bitterness in our life because it won't, his word won't take root. There's no part of him that is bitter. Offense. Another area of a hard heart is offense. People get offended over everything nowadays. For the love of Hannah. If you're Hannah, I'm sorry. I'm not talking about you. But anyway, for the love of somebody. What in the world are you always offended about? You know what offense is? It's saying, I'm right. You're wrong. If you, don't, if you don't adopt my rightness, then you're wrong and you offended me because you're not following me. You're not doing what I tell you to do. Does that make sense? It's offense comes into your life. I've been one of those people who lived in offense, and it didn't do me any good. All it did was build a fence between me and God, and I couldn't see over it. See, if we don't take responsibility for our sin and confess it, the devil will use every opportunity to sweep in just like the birds did and devour it. John 10 and 10 tells us very strictly, it says the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. The devil wants you. That's the bottom line. The devil wants you, and he wants to steal the word of God from you. I may have offended you already. Well, good. It's time to turn up some soil in your life and say, I want to hear the word of God. The devil doesn't, he doesn't want anything from you. He doesn't want any good for you whatsoever. The pleasures of this world are enjoyable for a season. But they will come a calling with a consequence later. The devil comes to take the very life from you that God wants to give to you. 
I read you the first part of John 10, 10, but let's finish the last part of John 10, 10. It says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the fullest. God wants you to have the fullest life by his word. He wants you to follow his word and not reject his word. The second one is this. The second one is a shallow soul. As you look at a shallow soul, with a shallow soul, we look at the scripture tells us it was rocky ground and it came up. But the plants withered. There was no moisture there. Then he tells us what the interpretation of it was. He said the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy. And when they hear it, it has no root. They believe for a while, but in a time of testing, they fall away. Matthew says it like this. Matthew chapter 13 says it like this. It says it calls it a shallow. It calls it a shallow ground. And when the sun came up and the plants were scorched and withered because they had no root. People who receive the message are excited and they get fired up. They're so ready to go win the world. They come to church. They get their worship on. They have an experience, but they don't ever get into his presence to go further. And they have no root. And as soon as difficult time comes, they bounce. When persecution comes and bad times come, or let's just have life happens, people. Things in our life. My car breaking down wasn't the devil. It was Jeep. I'm a little bitter about that. I'm trying to get it out of my life. I'm working these things out. Some things just happen. It's life lessons. But as soon as something bad happens, we tend to go to a direction of, well, God let that happen to us. Oh, God left us. Oh, God, what God, you did that. And as soon as things happen, we run. Let me tell you this. Many times the evidence of our faith is in the testing in the trials. I'm going to tell you one more time so you can grab a hold of this one. And maybe it'll help somebody today. Many times the evidence of our faith is in the testing in the trials. It will happen. And you got to stand strong. See, shallow Christians live out of their own will. Shallow Christians, they live out of their own emotions. Shallow Christians live out of their own feelings. We can't be a shallow Christian and expect the blessings of God. Because we have no root. See, many times... We reference the culture of this world than referring to God's word about this world. God's word about this world. Too many times culture says, do this or do that. But it keeps us from getting the root of the word of God in our life. Let me tell you this. Your politics, what your mama said, what your daddy said, what your grandma said, what your grandpa said, if it didn't line up with the word of God, it don't make no difference. When anything in your life overrides the word of God, it does not matter because it has no roots. The word of God has to have roots in your life for you to see a fulfillment of God's life in your life. Too many people have laid down the Bible and picked up their opinions. And then they've validated it with God told me. I don't know how many Christians I hear tell me all the time, well, God told me. Does it line up with his word? If it doesn't line up with his word, he didn't tell you. But the problem is we don't have any roots. We're still living in the shallow. We don't know what his word is. We don't know what he told us to do because we're still living in the shadow, and the enemy comes to devour you. But Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. 
No longer are you a shallow Christian. You got to get that stuff out of there. I'm going deep in his word. I'm going, to, I'm going to go so deep that nothing can move me anymore. My opinions doesn't matter if it doesn't line up with his word. That's the only opinion I have that lines up with his word. Everything else doesn't make any sense. The third one is this. The third person is this. Distracted and immature soil. Distracted or immature soil. He said it fell among thorns, which, and then it grew up and it choked the plants. The word fell among, the seed fell among thorns. Jesus came back to tell him in verse 14, it says, those who hear, it fell among thorns, stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. See, years ago, the house that we're living in now, uh, the, the landlord, uh, well, let me tell you, the, the house I'm living in now, uh, they have a couple plant uh, boxes outside. They're planter boxes. And so last year, I planted cucumbers, and I, I planted zucchini, and I planted squash, and I planted onions. And, and I made sure that was the first time I'd ever done it in planter boxes like that. I was used to a big field, but I decided the planter boxes were there. Well, let's just do it. And so I decided to go ahead and plant it. So we watered them, and we did it from the seed. We didn't go get a plant that was half grown. We did seed in the ground. Didn't know what I was doing. But I went ahead and knew I needed to water them. And I knew as, as grass was coming up, I needed to pull the weeds out of the boxes so, so it wouldn't take over the plants as they were trying to get there and grow. So last year, we had a great crop. It was good, man. I came, we gave some away. Um, we gave some here at the church. We gave people, we're like, hey, do you like this? Woo, we got too much of it, right? Well, this year, I didn't have time to plant because of life's distractions. Um, job, travels, kids, trips, meetings. I didn't have time to plant anything. It was, I was in the middle of life's distractions. But I knew I had to clean that out because it was becoming an eyesore. It was dead, dead plants. So I went into the box and I pulled up all the vines. And one Saturday, I decided to clean it out and I threw away the dead stuff. I, I raked it up and made sure I got down there so no more weeds would come out, no more grass would be coming out. So at least it looked good. It wasn't an eyesore. Even though I wasn't planting anything this year. But the reason I didn't plant this year is because the distractions of life. The very definition of distracted is this, the inability to identify, attend to, or attain what is valuable. The devil wants to distract you so, so that you don't know what's valuable, which is his word. See, in the natural, what you got to know is in the natural, there is always a competition of what gets the most nutrients. Always. In the natural, there is always a competition in the soil what is going to get the most nutrients. There is no difference in your spirit. What you feed will get the most nutrients. You feed your spirit with the word of God, it's going to get stronger and it's going to survive. You feed your man and it's going to get stronger and it's going to choke out your spirit man. The one you feed will deplete the life-giving nutrients from the other one. People get choked out by life's worries, status of success, competitions, riches, and pleasures. And because of that, there is no maturity among us. Many times we place time and energy in things in the now, and we fail to think about the eternity because we've got our punch card. He wants so much more for you 
What do you value? When you wake up in the morning, what is your first thought? Is it things? Is it people? What's consuming your mind when you wake up? Is it God? Is your first thought to wake up and say, thank you for letting me see another day, Father? What can I do for you? Or is my thought is, I got to do this, 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 and this, and this today. And what about this person, this person? What you love the most, you will spend time with the most. If you did an inventory of your, of your time, what would be the high priority in your time? If you did an inventory of your time, would it be family? Would it be TV? Would it be social media? Carpal tunnel in people's thumbs nowadays. They got to go get medicine. You know what that is, don't you? I don't want to get off of social media, so I mean, I get banned, so I don't want to say the word TikTok or Facebook. But um, is it that? Is it work? Is it friends? Is it TV? Is it hobbies? Is it God? See, our philosophy many times says the more you have, the happier you are. That's the reason riches and pleasures keep us from maturing and receiving the word of God in the fullest of our lives. See, Luke 12, 15 says this, watch out. And he's got an exclamation point, so he's hollering at us. Watch out! That's what he's saying to us. Be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. How much stuff you have is not who you are. 1 Timothy 6 says this, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. See, contentment is a struggle many times. But the word specifically tells us where our treasure is, that's where our heart's going to be. I'm not saying having stuff is bad. Hear me say this. I'm not telling you having stuff is bad. I'm not coming against that. What I'm telling you today is I'm saying the love of having those things will stop your maturity. Because you will get focused on the things and the stuff and not who gave them to you. See, the problem many times is we take good things and make them the ultimate thing. And it consumes us. We take God's gifts and we worship them as small gods. That's the issue. Our pursuit of God gets choked out. See, following Jesus many times um, is a sacrifice. It's not many times. Following Jesus is a sacrifice. Many times we'll serve if it doesn't impede our lifestyle. The word of God and a godly lifestyle must be given depth in your heart and it will give you life to the fullest. The fourth one is this, fully committed producer. A fully committed producer. It's because as we looked at those scriptures again in Luke 8, go back and read them. It tells you that some seed fell on good soil, and it came up, and it yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. Jesus, they asked him, what does that mean? And he said, those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. Sometimes you can't see what is happening under the soil. But it's taking root. That when the storms come, 
the scorching sun comes and beats down. We know we're supposed to get into some hot weather in Texas. But your root is so deep in Christ, it'll sustain you through it all. It's easy to follow God when things are good. But we have to obey God's word all the time. The goal of our lives is to look like Jesus, to be like Jesus, to resemble Jesus, to share Jesus. That's the goal of our life. Because he's producing a harvest inside of us. Hebrews 11 and, 11 and 6 says this, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I told you a story a few minutes ago about my planters, planter boxes at my house. And, well, I cleaned those boxes out and I didn't plan anything. But I was looking at my backyard and I was like, man, that is an eyesore. That is horrible. The grass was tall in them. So I went out and I pulled the weeds out of the box just to make it look nice. But I started noticing something. As I'm pulling the weeds out, I noticed something that wasn't a weed. It was a vine of a cucumber. I planted it last year, though. And I, for real, pulled all the dead stuff up, and I took a rake, and I hold that thing, and I, there was nothing. I didn't plant one thing, but somehow that vine was coming back up. They're growing now, and we're starting to enjoy them now. Because of the faithfulness of pulling the weeds and watering, we now are getting the benefits of a harvest of cucumbers. Apply that to your life in the spirit. Because of your faithfulness of pulling the weeds in your life and getting things out, pulling out the thorns, throwing out the rocks, you may not see what's going on underneath, but the harvest will come. If you're faithful with the word of God in your heart, he will produce a harvest for your life. It may look like nothing's happening right now. You just got to keep pulling those weeds. You got to keep watering that soul, S-O-U-L. Keep watering that soul. Get those things out of your life that don't line up with the word of God because they will choke it out. If you're faithful with the word of God in your heart, he will produce a harvest. Pull those weeds of the lifestyle that don't need to be there. Ask the Lord, what does it need to be in my life and get rid of it? You're going to have to water your life with the Word of God, though. You're going to have to go, for your roots to go deeper, you can't just get the Word that you see on this screen Sunday mornings. It's got to become a lifestyle. Matthew 6, says, But seek the, first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Something for, I forgot to mention, I want to finish up this story. Something I forgot to mention about this house. Before we moved into this house, the two planter boxes, the year before we moved in, our, the landlord that lived there, he had planted cantaloupes in this one box over here. I didn't plant cantaloupes. I don't like cantaloupes. When cantaloupes came up last year, I didn't do nothing with them. I was mean to them. I didn't want to water them. I didn't want to weed them. I neglected them things because I didn't care for them. We gave some away. We threw some away. And some rotted right then. 
But this year as I'm in that planter box and I'm pulling up the weeds, I noticed a vine. From two years ago that I did not plant, it's starting to bring a harvest of cantaloupes in, in our house. Sometimes it, you can't see what you've been planting. Sometimes it takes a minute. If you'll just take care of that thing that God revealed to you, if you'll weed it, you'll water it, you'll keep going, you'll be persistent about it, guess what? A harvest will come two, day, two years later. And let me tell you something. We are about to see something. Seeds that we did not plant, we're fixing to get a harvest from. The Word of God tells us that. Some people plant, some people water, some people harvest. You're going to see things in your life as you'll continue with the Word of God and keep putting it inside of you. Get the roots there. Get it out among the thorns. You're going to see a harvest that you never planted. See, sometimes in that scripture it said some came a hundredfold. Maybe we're waiting on Him to give us a hundredfold. And he's waiting on us to be faithful with what he entrusted us with. Matthew says something a little different. He says he gave some 30, 60, and 100 fold. I don't know about you, but I want the 100 fold in my life. Not for my glory. I want it for God's glory. I want to, I want to live my life 100% to the fullest of him and for him. Maybe our level of obedience determines the level of the return. We ask for bigger bank accounts, but we just blow money like it's out of style. Just maybe. We ask for a godly family, but we at home cussing each other out and don't go to church. Mm, man, that's just bad. It's almost time up. We say we want our children to know the word of God, and all they know is bad words because they hear it coming out of our mouths. We want our kids to be something we're not because we haven't applied the word of God to our life and let it take root. If you'll stand with me today. Somebody just said, hallelujah, it's over. <laughs> you know, one thing I did notice about this scripture, though, the good news about the different soils that we read about, all of them, if you go back and read it, it has the word in there, came up. They all had the potential of growth except one. You go back and read it. It says it came up, it came up, it came up. There was only one soil that was not, did not have the potential of coming up, and that was the rejected one, the rejected soil, the rejected heart. But even today, that can change. You can change. All you have to do is receive the word of God in your life. So I began this sermon in our time together asking the question, what type of soil is in your heart? Is it rejection? Is it shallow? Is it distracted or immature? Or is it fully committed producing soil? Hosea 10 verse 12 in the New Living Translation says this to us. I said, plant the good seed of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love. 
plow up the hard ground of your hearts. For now is the time to seek the Lord that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. Man, if you're reject, in a rejected soil today, rejected heart, all you have to do is plow up that hard ground of your heart and seek the Lord. If you just bow your head and close your eyes with me. Maybe today you haven't been living the, by the full word of God and you, man, this is time. It's time for me to plow up this hard soil and hard ground in my life. And I just want you to agree in prayer with me. If that's you, would you just lift your hands? Anybody saying, pray with me. I want to live the fullest. I see hands all over the place. Father, we thank you. We say, take our hearts, take our lives, take our souls, take it. We commit, just like we sang in that song, we commit all to you. I don't want to go if it's not you. You have us completely. We belong to you. Father, whatever is keeping us in our thorny grounds, whatever is keeping us in a rocky ground, whatever is keeping us shallow, whatever that is, that's not having us become full producers. Bring it, bring it forward. Let us see it and let help us get it out of our lives. We're, we're claiming that now to be more like you in Jesus' name. The question I have for you today, one last question with every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe, maybe you've been living in the rejected lifestyle, the rejected soul, the rejected soil or a rejected heart. If you don't know Lord, the Lord is your personal Savior today, it's so simple. All you have to do is admit that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God and died on the cross and rose on the third day and confess him Lord of your life. That's all you got to do. And so I'm going to ask you to be bold and brave today and say, man, I may have been rejecting his word or maybe I left his word. Maybe I walked away from him. I want to come back today. If you've never received Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, you say, I want today to be the day of salvation in my life. Raise your hand. We want to pray with you. If there's anybody who says, today I want to receive Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Anyone out there? Amen, amen. I tell you what. Let's put our hands together for Jesus Christ. Amen. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc.